Good morning. Won't you guys stand with us as we get ready to go in the time of worship? Come on, clap those hands. Shining like the rising sun 
service. If you don't know, I'm Pastor Dan, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, and AJ, and AJ, absolutely. So grateful that you came today. Ability Tree, if you don't know, is a, is a wonderful, wonderful ministry, uh, started by Joe and Jim Butler, and uh, they do a, an awesome job helping families. I'm going to let Joe explain about that in a little bit, just in a minute. So what they're going to do is they're going to take over our service today. This past week, Ability Tree's been having camp out in uh, Refreshing Mountain, Somewhere out in Pennsylvania, and uh, hopefully a little bit cooler than here. I don't know. It's, it's, it's been hot here. It was a hot week here. So, but the power's on, air's on, and uh, we'll be all right. Uh, but I'm going to just uh, turn the service over to them. Today is going to be Ability Tree Sunday, and uh, Joe is going to come and just share a little bit about what Ability Tree is. Joe, would you come? Thanks, Pastor Dan. Yeah, we uh, we're thanking and praying for you guys because we had power and a pool, and uh, it was it was praise God after Sunday. Pastor Jamel, there he is. I know. 
There he is. <laughs> we uh, it was beautiful weather most of the week. Sunday was very very hot, and Monday at check-in was pretty hot. And then we got a little rain and cooled down. We had 80s, low 80s, and 60s at night. We sold out of our sweatshirts. That was great, but um, still good to be here. Um, just going to give you an overview. I don't know how many of you guys have heard our story before or seen us before when we've come to Life Tree. Okay, so we got some new people here in the house. So, so Ability Tree is an organization my wife and I started. It's a faith-based nonprofit. Uh, we're U.S. missionaries to persons with disabilities through the Assemblies of God. And uh, we founded Ability Tree in 2010 to come alongside families impacted by disability through recreation, education, support, and training or rest and to help equip the church to better include people affected by disability and to share the greatest source of rest with them, which is found in Jesus Christ. And um, God took us to a foreign land. Amen. We, uh, we, were, we were living in New Jersey, and God took us to a foreign land a few years ago, Arkansas. And uh, we had to learn a new language, Arkansas, and we still don't, still don't understand it. It's hard to understand, but they speak English there too, which is good. So um, it's been uh, it's been nine years that we've been in Arkansas. It's pretty crazy, but God's you know God's timing is perfect. Um, in nine years, God has given us a building there to provide daily after school programs, weekend uh, respite events. We call Parents Night Out, which we're we're doing in New Jersey now as well. And uh, art programs, inclusive sports programs. God just has blessed us with over $1.3 million for a new facility that's currently being built. Uh, 10,000 square foot rest and recreation center. With outdoor space and it'll be a flagship facility for other branches. God's provided or planted four branches. New Jersey's an official. Ability Tree, New Jersey. Ability Tree, Florida. Ability Tree, Texas. And then we've got a second branch, Billy Tree First Coast in Florida. And um, we still have a long ways to go. But what we're, one of the things we get to do, uh, and, and the main reason we started this, so just if you don't know, Micah, come, come up front real quick. Now he doesn't want to come up. I know when it. Just raise your hand. Come up front with David. Say hi to everybody. Say hi to everybody. Say hi. God's blessed us with. Uh, with three beautiful children, our oldest daughter, Hannah, she's uh, going to be a senior. Yeah. She's going to be a senior in college this next year. Can't believe it. She's 21. And that guy's not our kid, but that's Ray. That's Ray. He's, a, he's one of our counselors, and he did worship at camp this week. Um, Mike is 18. He just graduated from high school. And he was uh, an honorary member of the football team and voted prom king. So he goes to a pretty big school and uh, he knows more people than we do in, in our town. And um, it was just a, a, a um, legacy for the um, class of 2019 that they recognized him and his love for them and, and noticed him. Um, so it's just awesome. And then our youngest. Our third beautiful child, Clara. I was getting to you. We've got three beautiful, not not like one, two, three, like all the same beauty, but three. You know how kids are, they get. But Clara's 16. She's allowed to drive in Arkansas, not in New Jersey. But um, 
And then who else? Who am I missing? Oh, Kiara. Yes, one, she's not our child, but he keeps wanting to add to the family. She's part of the family, though. Clara's speaking to the kids today, and then she'll be back. So that's our, it's a family. It affects, disability affects the family in, in sometimes negative ways. And, and so, you know, when, when Hannah was, uh, Michael was diagnosed developmental delays when he was nine months old so he was in therapy you know multiple times a day uh every day during the week and i had gone back to school at university valley forge valley forge christian college back then jen was taking care of a two-year-old hannah at the time and then micah and hannah was often left out of the activities the therapies and and um and our time and resources were allocated mostly towards micah and so um you know, we recognize that at a young age, but a lot of times siblings don't, parents don't recognize that. And siblings often feel neglected and left out and, and marginalized. And, and so Ability Tree, what we do in Arkansas, we include siblings in all of our programming. So they build a support network with other siblings that understand what their life's like. And it's a positive for them. And they see the gifts and the talents of their, their brothers and sisters and the others that are involved. And, and, um, but one of the, uh, I'll wrap it up real quick here. We're going to, one of the most exciting things that we get to do, and we've done combined for about 12 years through Ability Tree, 10 years, but we do the Ability Camp in Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, we're, we're praying and looking for God to provide a, some land or a campground in New Jersey. So if you own a campground you want to get rid of, you know, um, or you own some land that you're like, oh, that's, that'd be plenty of space for a, for a camp. Um, We'd love to accept it. Um, we know God will provide in his timing, but we're praying for our own space to build a, a retreat and activity center to do camp year-round, to do family camps, uh, to do worship nights, which we're about to show you how we do things at camp. And um, we're, we're going to add another day of camp today. Uh, and you can't, you got to be there, you can't describe it. <laughs> I've been getting emotional a lot this week, but you got to be there. The presence of God is just so sweet the minute you get to camp because everybody there, it's, it's family. You know, we kind of give, we don't, we don't like to give labels, but we have campers and counselors, but we're all family. And there's such a sweet presence of God there um, that I think the campers really bring uh, with their attitude and their lack of inhibitions and their, their lack of cares and worries. And... Um, God meets us because we, we press in and we seek God and, and we find Him. And so we're, gonna, we're going to uh, show you a little bit of what that's like. Uh, the Ability Camp's a five-day overnight camp for adults with intellectual and physical special needs and uh, to connect with God and connect with others and also give caregivers and, and parents a, a temporary rest throughout the week. So um, if you, if you have, were at the Ability Camp this past week, Raise your hand. All right, we've got a we've got a big group here. All right, uh, we got the hills in the back there. Doug, Dougie, say hi, man. Dougie, what's up, buddy? We we've got uh, just a lot of people here represented. Stevens back there, man. All right, spreading it out. That's good. That's good. So um, we're gonna show a video to kind of give you a glimpse of what the Ability Camp is and kind of what you're in store for but um and then i'm gonna 
uh, Kiara, I'm going after this video. Kiara is uh, Kiara has been our morning chapel speaker for the past two years. Believe it or not, she's only 19 years old, right? She is a leader. She's a get has a gift of pastor, and she's involved in Ground Zero uh, Masters Commission in Marlton. So she's going to come up and share a little bit about morning chapel. Yeah, you guys can sit down for a little bit. Um, and then we're going to turn it back over to worship. And, and we're going to have a good time this morning. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Let's watch this video. That was awesome, right? How many of you guys thought that was pretty cool? Yeah. 
We had such an amazing, amazing week at camp. So like Pastor Joe said, my name is Kiara, and this is... David. David. So David is one of our amazing campers, and so I had the honor and the privilege of being our morning chapel speaker this year. And so as you saw in that video, we have so many things that we do at camp, from rock climbing to archery to slingshot to pools, everything that you can imagine. But my favorite part of camp is that the main priority is that campers will encounter Jesus. That is the main priority through everything that we do. So yeah, what's up, Micah? Pretty cool, right? So every single morning and evening we have chapel, which is a time where the campers get to truly encounter Jesus through worship, through going through scripture, and through talking to their counselors and learning what it truly means to follow Jesus. So this morning we want you guys to join us in worship because... Ability Camp is just a place like no other when it comes to worship. People are able to freely worship Jesus however they see fit with no restrictions, just being able to truly show God how much they love him. So we invite you to join us this morning in worship. But before we do that, I've asked David to pray us in this morning. So if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, David is going to open us in prayer. I want to thank God for us being here today for the Ability Tree to come to this church. Um, it's amazing what God has done in my life and everybody else's life at that camp, including with Micah, and just give thanks for Jesus for putting us here on this earth, because without Ability Tree, we wouldn't be able to do what we can do today. So just give praise, worship the Lord, scream, yell, scream, whatever you want to do, because that's what the Bible says. Amen. All right, feel free to join us as we worship together. Amen. Let's stand on our feet together and just get ready to go to time of worship. We just want to encourage you guys, maybe even some of our Ability Tree folks, you guys can come up, you know, to maybe see the altars. And there's such a freedom that we have when we're worshiping uh, together at camp. And we want that to just flow here this morning. Is that all right? Is that all right? Amen. Come on. This is no performance, Lord, I praise, worship, in empty words I can afford. Sing out my chasing feelings, and that's not how I'm singing, you're the reason for my song. Come on, help me sing it out, sing it out. If I sing with everything, if I sing for you, my King, oh, and I can't imagine why I would do this all for high, cause it's hard to leave you high. Everybody shout! Perfection, just my soul's attention. And all I have is what I give. Oh, 
It's more than a song that will last a moment And I live a life of honest worship If I'm in the street, then I sing with purpose All the praise of you Let's sing it out And I, and I, I only want to sing If I sing with everything If I sing for you, my King Imagine why I put you this over high Cause it's hard to leave you high Come on, come on, clap your hands up Imagine why I would do this all for high Cause it's hard to leave you high Come on, clap those hands We're thankful for Jesus this morning God, we thank you for your love Jesus, God, we just pray that you continue to have your way, God We thank you for your presence that is here right now with us as we worship you today. Let's just focus our hearts. We're going to sing this song in this morning that talks about the amazing love of Jesus. His love is so amazing. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Let's just focus our hearts on him this morning. Just in your own words for a few moments. Just tell him how much you love him this morning. How much you adore him. We thank you, Jesus. You guys know, sing with us this morning. It says, Before I spoke a word, before I spoke a word, you sing in over me. And you have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. I'll sing it out of the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, we chase you, we are like sweet life. 
Isn't his love amazing this morning? His love is truly amazing. We're going to sing this song that says, Worthy of every song that we could ever sing. He's worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Jesus, we thank you. Sing together. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath we could ever keep. We live for you. Oh. Jesus, the name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, oh God. We live for you. Won't we sing holy, sing holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Come on, sing that first verse again. Sing worthy of every song. 
together says I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation And I will put my trust in you alone And I will not be shaken Sing holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder and 
show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to praise us. One more time, sing holy. Sing holy, there is no one. There is none beside Open up my eyes and wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around. Build my life upon your love. It is a foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be. I will pour my life upon your love. It is a foundation, and I will pour my trust in you alone, and I will not be. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. We will not be moved. Oh God, we thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that your presence is here with us now, God. We thank you that your spirit is here, God. Moving inside of us, God. God, we pray that you would continue to have your way throughout our service and throughout our time, God. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen and amen. NAJ. So that's what we do in camp. We give personal shout outs at random times and it is all good. Thank you so much for having us. Joy to connect with, with Jen and Joe Butler over the years. Uh, we met just kind of like a divine appointment when I was pastoring in Newark, New Jersey and, uh, I met him through a mutual friend and we just had din- uh, lunch with them at a conference. Forget where we were at. And uh, he was like, hey, do you want to come sit with us? We were like, yeah, you're in the Assemblies of God. So am I. So let's just kind of sit together. And he's like, I'm just, you know, Jen is being a mom. And she's like, I just hope that you don't mind getting spaghetti on your pants and uh, kind of what we do. I'm like, dude, we got five kids, too. So let's just have a party. I don't think that but I don't think that restaurant invited us back. So it's all good. But but since that time, we've been partnering together. Give me a kiss on the head. Wonderful, wonderful. Just felt, yep, mm-hmm, mm, thank you, Micah, yes, yes, yes. But since that time, we've been, uh, we've been partnering together, and, and I've been now their camp speaker for the past eight years, 
and it has been a joy. So I lock in my calendar uh, because now I'm no longer a lead pastor, but now I'm a traveling evangelist. And uh, and so my schedule gets really, really busy. But there is one event that happens that nobody else is able to get that week in this ability tree camp. And the reason why, come on, somebody. And the reason why is because when we come to AT camp, it's not a camp, it's a family. And so thank you for inviting our family into your family. But I believe that God's going to speak to our hearts in a powerful way this morning, uh, just for a moment. And so what Joe and Jen did this past year, we usually have talent, like talent show, and the kids are able to, I call them kids because they're just my kids. And the campers, they're able to just showcase their talents for God, and, and it's really cool. And they came up with something, so we have service every night. So I'm the night speaker. Kiara did a phenomenal job. She's the morning chapel speaker. And so Monday, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, like, I'm ready to go, so I'm ready to go for Thursday night, because that's just kind of what we do. And Jen said, hey, I got an idea. How about you preach too much, so we don't want you on Thursday night. Um, so we're going to let the campers take your spot. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So it feels like the Thursday is now. So I believe that God didn't want me to speak Thursday night. He wanted me to speak today, because God wants to speak to your hearts about what he wants to say. So as we've been in our theme, if you guys remember our theme called Rooted, I want to bring you a simple, simple message entitled Expectation and Anticipation. And I'm praying that through this message, God will help all of us in this room get rooted and established in our walk with God, because I believe that God wants to do great things in and through our lives. And uh, I want to look at the book of Ephesians really, really quick. Ephesians, really quick, I know our memory verse was found in Colossians. Paul wrote that book. And so let's stay with that theme, but we're going to look at the book of Ephesians. And Paul is writing, notice Paul's perspective. Our goal at camp is to get our campers and everyone connected to God. And I I believe this with all of my heart. I believe that our campers see God in a way I can't. And so the reason why I go, here's the selfish part of me. The reason why I go is because I get to mooch off of their relationship. I get to step into their faith, and it's a beautiful thing. And God, like Joe said, he shows up in a powerful way. But notice Paul's perspective. Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family, everybody say whole family. See, because at, at, at camp, we talk back and forth to each other, and it's very normal. And so we say, his whole family, I believe, and I always say this, right, David? I always say this, they, we don't, they're, not, they're not campers with disabilities at camp. They're just not. They're part of the family of God. They are uniquely wired. God uses them powerfully, and we must make sure that they're not forgotten about in the body of Christ. And so Paul says, he says, our, his whole family derives its name. And then watch what he prays. And I prayed this for our camp as well and for all of us. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, talking about God, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Our theme this year has been getting everyone to grow in their faith. Just like here at Life Tree. That's what it is from root to fruit. I'm good. All right. He didn't pay me to say that. And I pray that you, here it is, being rooted 
and established in love may have power together with all the saints, with all the saints, to grasp. A Billy Tree Camp helps me to grasp a little bit of how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you and I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ever think. Oh, I sweat a lot, by the way. I spit and I move. That's what I do, okay? It's very normal, so I fit right in. To him be the glory in the church and of Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, and amen. Paul then says in the book of Romans, everybody in this room, you're going to need this verse in your life. You can circle it down. You can highlight it. If you allow the Holy, if you allow, the Holy Spirit allows you to write in your Bible, you write in your Bible. Circle it, highlight it, because you're going to need it this week. Romans 8.28 tells us this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Here's why. Because God foreknew that you were going to be placed in Christ. And here's what God is doing. God is using every problem in your life to make you more like Jesus. More problems, more image. More problems, God, what are you doing through this problem? God does not send problems our way. God sends promises in the problem. I'm about to start preaching up in this. I usually do that in camp. I feel like I'm at camp. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, we have a lot of fun. Oh, man. Paul says, and this is how I'm preaching at camp, by the way. Like, this, it's not okay. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. With God, there are no excuses why we can't accomplish God's will for our lives. How many of you know that God has an incredible track record? What I mean by this is this. Even through your problems, God never drops the ball in your life. God always comes through. I can go back to Genesis all the way through Revelation and prove to you how God never makes mistakes. God has an incredible track record. So my concern today is not whether or not God will show up. He always is. My concern is, will we be there when he shows up? Will we be there when God comes through for us? He's never late. He's always on time. I believe that our levels of expectation and anticipation in God is directly linked to our faith. But watch, our faith is directly linked to our prayer life. And one of the things we do at camp is we've got to get our young people, now I'm calling them young people, first they're kids, now they're young people. We've got to get them connected to God as quickly as they can because they've got to know this, that when they leave camp, the mission is on. That, that camp is wonderful, but they've got to live for God right where they're at. And one of the things that we teach them is how do I have a prayer life? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us this way. He says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because everyone who comes to God must believe two things. One, that God exists. Two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek God. So when someone says, why do you pray? It's not only do I believe that God exists, but I also believe that God answers me when I pray to him. How many of you know that when you have expectation and anticipation, it has the power to drive you out of depression? 
I'm talking about a living hope this morning that is only found in Christ. So what is expectation? Expectation is a strong belief that something is going to happen. At camp, I don't know what happens. I know it's not the campsite. It's our campers. When we get to camp, we know something is about to go off in a good way. Praise God. Something is going to happen. God's going to do something out of the ordinary to speak to us and and to speak to our hearts. So it's a strong belief that something's going to happen. The reason why we come to the body of Christ is because of this. God does something in the public, just like you, you and I are here today. He does something in this setting that he would normally do in a setting all by yourself. We believe that God shows up when the people of God gather together. But what expectation can do, anticipation can't do. And what anticipation can do, expectation can't do. What I mean by this is this. Expectation. What good is it for you to have faith and do nothing with it? What good is it that you have this level of expectation, but don't move in the position so that you can receive what you've been believing God for? So oftentimes, I I think about this. I got five kids. My kids are here, too. Joe, you got big family. I got big family, too. That's my daughter there. I'll claim her on my taxes. I usually claim her on my taxes. That's two. Um, the other one, they're in kids' ministry. If they come in here, it's not my fault. It's their mama's fault. This is their mom right here. Um, but, but I, I've, you know, when you're having kids or whatever, I had, you know, I had one, one child. And when you have that first child, I mean, you know, you're so nervous. You're like, oh, my gosh, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And, like, you start going into, the, like, the, the doctor's room when she's, like, seven months. Like, is it time yet? You know, and I remember this going through with all my kids. And I remember, like, you know, after experiencing my wife going through childbirth the first time and the second time, how many know you get wiser the more kids you have? And so I realized really quick that my wife, you know, she's ready to go. Like, she walks in the hospital and the child just comes out. And so during my fifth child, during my fifth child, I was like, hey, doc. Hey, just so you know, hey, we're in the prep room or whatever. We're like, you know, just before we go into the hospital, I'm like, hey, my wife comes really fast, you know, so you may want to get her in there. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they brought her in at like 2 in the morning. I'm like, 2 in the morning? That's like the JV team. I'm like, all right, 2 in the morning, no problem. The doctor's not there. Nobody's there. I'm like, honey, that's kind of weird. So they brought us in or whatever. This is my fifth child. But, you know, by the fifth child, I'm ready to, I'm ready to have this baby. I, I can deliver this child. So I'm like, no problem. So my wife is there, whatever, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm not only expecting it, I'm, I just know she's going to come back, whatever. So would you know, my wife's like, it's time. I, I do what every man do. I, I, I get nervous. I panic. I'll be honest. And I send out my mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, go get the doctor. She's trying to run through the hospital. Oh, my goodness. She, she don't even know where she's going. She's like, oh, my goodness. And I, I'm like, just go get the doctor. The doctor, JV team comes in, and they're like, they're like, they're like dropping gloves. I'm not joking. I got it on video. They're dropping gloves everywhere. I'm like, what is happening in this room? And then they looked at my wife. My wife's like, I gotta push the baby out. And the doctor goes, the doctor goes, Michelle, you can't have the baby now. I go, wow. I go, I'm in a doctor's office. Like, we're like the thing, her legs. Like, we're ready to go. And the doctor said, you can't. Oh. Sorry, guys. Come here, And the, he thinks he want to be my baby. And the doctor goes, you can't have the baby yet. I looked at my wife and go, honey, we're in the right place at the right time. We got to, I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to have this child. My wife, don't she's apologize. I'm like, don't apologize for having a baby. It's nine months. The thing's ready to come out. We found ourselves in the 
the right place. The doctor was out of position. Oftentimes, as believers, we live with expectation, but we don't have anticipation. Anticipation moves you in position to be ready for what God has already downloaded to you years and years ago. See, that's what Joe and Jen did. When they told me that they were going to Arkansas, I go, oh, what in the world is Arkansas? I go, there's no way. I go, are you guys are you kidding me? And with tears in their eyes, I just remember them saying, we got to go because God is getting ready to do something. See, we wouldn't be here this morning if two missionaries didn't obey the voice of God. And they say, God, not only are we going to believe you for great things, but we need to, even though it's uncomfortable, we need to get in an uncomfortable position, leaving our family, leaving everything that we know, because we got to fulfill the call of God for our lives. See, when you live in expectation and anticipation, sometimes it's not going to be comfortable. See, I believe the greatest way to exercise your faith is just to simply do what God is calling you to do. And maybe you're in this place and God is stirring your heart about this. I looked to the Bible. I looked to the Bible and there was a there was an early church. You ever read about the early church? Like some great things were happening. Like people were getting like like healed with handkerchiefs, you know, and then like they adopted this whole handkerchief ministry. I'm not telling us to do that. People were getting healed by shadows. I mean, like 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 Peter and John are healing a guy going into the temple. I mean, like raising a dead. I'm talking like some crazy stuff that was very normal them. And there was an early church in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 12, there was a story in the Bible where this church lived with expectation, but didn't live with anticipation. Well, let's, let's, let's follow the story. It says the night before Herod, King Herod, he was the guru, he was the guy in charge, he, he man, if you were ever to take a trip to Israel, it was, this guy was, was a machine. The night before Herod was to bring him, Peter, out for trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Micah, can I borrow you? Can I borrow you? We borrow each other all the time in service. Hey, where's Dave? Where's Dave? Is Dave in the back? Dave left? Where's David? David left? I saw it. I thought David was back there. Oh, Doug, Doug. Where's Doug? I'm sorry. I said David. Doug, he left? He's taking a break? All right. Awesome. Hey, let me borrow you. Let me borrow you. Uh, let's see. Can I borrow you? Let's go. Come on. We borrow each other all the time in service. And so, Bible says, watch this. Watch this. It says that 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 Peter was sleeping. So if I'm Peter, he was sleeping between a lot of people. And the reason why he was sleeping between a lot of people, like he was probably biggest. He's probably just like this. The guards were just like you. And it says that they stood guard at the entrance. And, and so if he laid down, so I'm going to just lay down right here. Okay, I'm going to lay down. You're going to stand by the gate, right? We're going to call that a gate, okay? And you're going to stand right here, okay? And there was a lot of people. And so Peter is, like, sleeping, okay? He's knocked out, okay? Because if Peter tried to, come on. There was a guard right on his legs just like this. And he's sleeping. He's knocked out. Right? And, and Peter wasn't going anywhere. The Bible says that, that, that Peter, Peter was sleeping on the night before his trial. I mean, Peter wasn't going anywhere. If Peter tried to move, oh no, the guards were standing right in the face. One to the left, one to the right. If he tried to like, try to do some old knock him out, like, wait, wow, real quick. Well, he had to face more people and more guards. And so, Give it up for you guys. You guys did such a great job. Such a great job. Peter wasn't going anywhere. 
Before Peter was dying, maybe the next day he was sleeping. I believe that that's a word for someone in this room that you've been waiting up all night wondering how things were going to meet. You're, I mean, you're just stressed out and all these things. You know, God does great things when you're sleeping. In other words, God can handle all your problems by himself. Peter was rooted in God in such a way that on the biggest night of his life, he was sleeping. The Bible says that while he was sleeping, an angel of God, an angel of God, suddenly showed up in a room. And when he showed up in a room, the Bible says really, really quick, the Bible says he knocked Peter upside the head. He said, get up. God ever speak to you in a way where he's like, man, I'm just so tired of you laying there. I'm calling you to do something great for your life. He said, get up. He get up. He put on his, you know, Air Jordans and his Abercrombie and Fitch outfit, the Bible says. Not really. And, and he's, he's, now, he's now being led. But watch this. Something happened. The Bible says that when the angel showed up, notice what happened in the supernatural. When God shows up, things happen. The Bible says that when they call him, he said, get up. He said, and the chains, in verse 7, fell off Peter's wrist all by itself. If you go a little bit further, the Bible says, then an angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals, and he did so. Next slide. Bible says, he wrapped your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was in a dream or seeing a vision. They passed by the first and second guards, came into the iron gate leading to the city. Here's it happened, happened, right? It opened by itself. In other words, God doesn't need your help to do a miracle. But notice how it says, chains fell. Doors opened. It doesn't say door open, then chains fell. Oftentimes, God wants to open up doors for us, but we're bound with sin. And we can't move. This was my life. I didn't understand the doors that God wanted to open for me while yet bound in sin and shame. But I'm so thankful to the person of Jesus Christ. He broke the chains that bound me and opened up doors that he destined for me. And I believe that's what God wants to do for every single person in this room. He's a God of expectation and anticipation. Bible goes on to say, where does Peter go? Peter goes to the place where they knew people were praying. But he gets to the house and a girl by the name of Rhoda comes to the door. I don't know what kind of door it was. Maybe it was a stone door. Who knows? Maybe it was that Jerusalem stone. Who knows? And he knocks on the outer door. And a girl, Rhoda, you know, she's, she's awesome. She comes to the door and she sees Peter. I don't know if she looked through the peephole. I don't know if she looked under. I don't know if she was on top of the roof. Who knows? But she saw Peter standing there. The very person that they were praying for was standing right at the door. She got so overwhelmed. So God ever do something great for you? And you're like, oh my, I cannot believe he did this. And Peter's standing at the door. Rhoda's looking at him and going, hey, she forgets to open the door. You've got to be kidding me. The guy, just the angel broke him out of jail. He's at the door. And he's like, oh, I'm going to open up the door. And Rhoda sees him goes, oh my goodness. And forgets to open the door. So then she goes back to the prayer group. I love the prayer group. This is hilarious. She goes back to the prayer group and says, hey, prayer meeting, prayer meeting. You can stop praying because the answer's at the door. They... They so spiritual. They love praying, but don't believe that God can answer the prayer that they've been praying. 
They've learned the posture of prayer, but forgot to understand the when God answers prayer. And so they're like, yo, hey, come to the door, Peter's at the door, Peter's at the door. And they said, Rhoda, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind, Rhoda, to think that Peter's at the door? We're only praying all night for him. We need to go back to prayer. Stop bothering us. Finds out, opens the door, and she goes, um, no, that's Peter's ghost. You thought that that was Peter's ghost, but forgot the power of the Holy Ghost. You believed that that was Peter's ghost. I, I don't know about you. I lived in a, uh, in a neighborhood because um, I got saved at 19. And I lived in a neighborhood where, where um, you call before you come. You don't just show up at the door. I don't know what they do in Robbinsville. But in my neighborhood, we knew everybody that was coming to the door. But sometimes there were people who showed up that we didn't know. So we had to learn different knocks. The Bible calls it distinguishing of spirits. We call it distinguishing of knocks. And um, what, what, what happened was, so there were three kind of knocks that we would listen for. The first knock, you could participate with me. The first knock, guys, was this. I'm going to ask you, David, who do you think this was? Ready? You a wise man. That was 5-0, Popo, you moved back. You don't. Go by the door. You let them knock open the door because they're going to do it anyway. Okay? Here's the other knock. You ready for the other knock? Sounds like there's somebody that's not supposed to be at the door, but they're at the door. It can only mean this. I'm five years old. I'm telling you my testimony right now. It can only mean one thing. Mom will go, shh, get down. I'm five years old, hiding in my own house. We never went to church before. And I'm hiding. I'm going, Mom, who is it? She goes, they're here. I'm like, well, who's here? It's the Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> I go, what in the world? I never heard that name before. I thought, Jehovah what? Eyewitnesses? Channel 7? She goes, no, shh. I go, Mom, why are we hiding behind in our own house? She goes, shh, they can see you. They can see us. Every Saturday, I'm eating cereal, watching Tom and Jerry, and i got to watch. i got to get down every time, 9 o'clock. Here's the last knock. Other knock is. That's like, that's my people's. I don't know who's at that door, but that's somebody that we know. So come right on in. I don't know how Peter knocked. I don't understand maybe how he knocked, when he knocked, or how loud he knocked. All I'm saying is this. Church, God has taught us with our faith, when we're rooted in him, we got to keep on knocking. The Bible says if you knock, the door will be opened. The Bible says that Peter kept on knocking. Maybe as the worship team can get into place really, really quick. And the worship team. Really simple. If you, if, I really go back for the kisses, honestly. That's why I go back. You say, how do I do this? How do I begin to get this into my life? How do I live with expectation and anticipation? 
I believe just really quick, there are three things you've got to remember. Number one, you've got to remember the size of your God. You've got to know that your God is bigger than every problem that you're facing. This is why Paul's perspective was so powerful. He understood that the God that he called on owned everything. The Bible would talk about some characteristics or natures of God. It would, he would call him Jehovah, El, which means God, he's mighty, he's strong. El Shaddai, he's God Almighty. Or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Or Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. Jehovah Shaboath, the Lord of hosts. He would go on to say Jehovah Elyon, the Most High God. Jehovah El Roy. Which means he's the God that sees me. I believe that whatever situation you find yourself in, God will meet you right there. Today you need a healer, be your doctor. He's the great physician. Whatever you need, God will be there for you. He's such a good God. Remembering the size of your God is important, but secondly, remembering what God has done in the past. You see, the reason why I sweat and spit, I don't know why, just I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven, why did I have to sweat, spit, talk really fast and move a lot? You know what it is? I'm just so excited about what God did in my life. And I can't get enough of him. See, when I got saved, a little bit after my salvation, I get a call because my mother had more kids after I was grown. I was 19 years old and my mom started having more kids. I was like, Mom, what are you doing? You're ruining my life. Because, you know, if, we, if something happens to you, I'm going to be responsible. Like, you're not supposed to be having kids. You see the reports. Like, when you get of age, you got to stop. So she had twins. I was like, oh, my goodness, Mom. Awesome. Got that out of your system? She goes, no, I want to have another one. So she had another one. This time it came with complications. She was above 40. And doctors told her, hey, just be careful. I remember getting a call. I got saved. I was saved. I received Jesus. I'm developing my walk with God. And that's when the storm hit. I got a call from the hospital. And mom, mom hemorrhaged twice. I heard the quiver in my stepdad's voice. He says, you got to come to the hospital. you got to come quick. I remember getting in the car saying, oh, God, if there's a God in heaven, would you come and answer? God, we need you, Lord. My mom, she needs you. And my mom did not have a relationship with Jesus. I said, God, please touch mom. I didn't know the words to say or the words to pray. All I knew was just the name of Jesus. And I said, Jesus, would you just, your will be done. Would you touch mom's body? By the time I got to the hospital, my mom, is she to walk in that room, she'll tell you. She made a death deal with God. She said, God, if I get up out of this bed, I'll serve you the rest of my life. She said, the moment she prayed that, as I'm praying and interceding that mom wouldn't die, God predestined that she would live. But not only would she live, she would live the life that God was calling her to. By the time I got to the hospital, her tubes were pulled out of her mouth. To the doctor's amazement, she got up out of her bed of affliction. She was gone. I watched God raise my mother from the dead. That's why I'm so crazy about her. She's so good. And I'm watching God raise more people up from the dead spiritually. From 
death to life. Whenever you're going through a tough time, every season in your life, when you're hitting a dry spell and maybe you're hitting a terrible time, I think it's a time where you can record the activity of God in your life. Why? Because I don't think I went through that for nothing. Because now I have a benchmark with God. And I always say this, God, God, if, if you did it back then, you can do it again. God, if you did it before, you can do it now. And my faith is built up based on not just what I read in the Bible, but what God has orchestrated in my life. God wants to do miracles. Thirdly, and I'm done. You got to know that God is able. When we say God is able, what do we say? That God is able to do just what he said he'll do. God is able to fulfill every promise that he ever speaks to us through his word. Every promise of God is yes and amen. I look at God's word. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ever think, ask, or imagine. Only God can do that. So maybe you're here. You just need God to come through in your life. Can I share the good news with you? Jesus loves to show up and show out in your life. Maybe you haven't seen a promise from God that came forward yet. But I want to remind you of this. When you can't see the size of your God because a trial is so close, you can always look back to see what God did in the past and know that he is able and moving forward. And when the enemy, because he speaks, when the enemy speaks and blocks you from seeing God, he can't take away your memory. He can take away your eyesight for a moment. God, I can't see my way through this. But he can't take away your memory. If God did it before, he can do it again. He's the God that is greater than our circumstances. Would you stand with me if you would? Would you stand with me? Jesus, we bless you. Just before Pastor Dan comes, and you guys have an awesome pastor. You already know that. Both of us love the Yankees. We love the Yankees. You have a wonderful pastor that allowed us to come and to minister. But I believe that it was a divine appointment from the Holy Spirit Himself. And maybe you're here and you need Jesus to do miracles in your life. Maybe you're like, man, I believe. But God is saying, therefore, get in position. The greatest position is one that is yielded to God. Saying, God, I need you. God, I call on your name. God, I yield to your perfect plan and will for my life. Lord, I don't understand it. God, I can't figure it out. Lord, you're bigger than my thoughts. God, your ways are higher than my ways. So therefore, Lord, I'm going to be rooted in my faith so that I can trust you. And maybe today God is asking the question to Life Tree today, will you trust me? Will you trust my plans for your life? Will you trust me through the storms of life? Will you trust me when you're running out of breath? Will you trust me even when you can't see your way out? Will you trust me? God has given all of us the invitation to say, yes, God, I'll trust you. Yes, God, I'll trust you. 
You say, how do I do it? You do it by simply showing up. Don't give the enemy a chance to keep you away from the things of God. But to say, devil, get behind me because I am becoming present with God. I need God. I call on God's name. So I wonder today, just for a moment, if you're here, can we make this just a place of prayer? Maybe you want to come with your family, or maybe you want to come with your spouse, or maybe you want to come, just whatever God's laying on your heart. Find a place to say, God, yes. Lord, I'm here. I believe that God wants to do miracles. Would you say yes to Jesus today? Come on. Would you say yes to Him? Yes to Jesus. Oh, God, we trust you. We trust you, God. Yes, God. your home. When you're rooted in your faith, it doesn't exempt you from storms. But when you're rooted in your faith, you're not moved by the storm. You're moved by Christ. Because Christ moves in your situation. Maybe years ago, now a year and a half ago, I was 19 years old grandmother passed away through the death of my grandmother I came to Christ God gave my wife and I a promise at 38 that he was going to do something powerful in our lives we thought it was for the church I believe it's still for the body of Christ but in a different way now that we're serving as evangelists but at 38 I got the phone call that I did not want to give younger brother, about 36 at the time, he came to our church, addicted to heroin, 
I, I preached Christ to this boy so many times. I preached Christ. I hugged him real hard. I loved him hard. I hit him real hard. I didn't know what to do. Prayed for him really hard. I laid hands on him prayerfully, but also, come on, physically. I just was fed up. And every time he came back, I felt God say, open up your arms to him. He OD'd. I get a call and got to the hospital. And I just felt like God said, it's not going to end in death. And I, I just remember telling just people, just kind of leave the room. I just want to be with my brother. And I remember putting music on just to change the atmosphere a little bit. And I stood on God's word. I just knew God was going to touch him. I went to church on a Sunday and God did touch him. That boy literally came back to life again. I said, wow, God, you did it again. Maybe not too long after that, he came into our church. I water baptized him. And before he got water baptized, his wife said, keep him down a little bit longer. I said, oh, I plan to. And we put up a picture of him so that he can remember what he looked like. And he put the picture up when he was out. And he said, I knocked on hell's door, but nobody opened up. God literally saved his life. Months later, he turned back to heroin. This time, God prepared me for it. I got the call at 142. 141, it was a Thursday. I finished my sermon entitled, It's All Good. 142, my wife came up at 141. She was like, why are you on the floor? I was all celebrating. I never get excited. You know what I'm saying? But I was just so excited about preaching this. I was like, 141, God's going to be good. He's going to move. Oh, my God, I can't wait. You ever get one of those down where you're like, man, this is going to be so good. That was at 141. 142, I got a call from my mom. It wasn't all good. See, oftentimes God will speak to you before the storm. So by the time I answered the call, I knew it was my brother, and I knew it right away because God spoke to me. It's over. I got down to the hospital. Remember, honey, I didn't get there right away because I just knew it was over. It wasn't a lack of faith. It was just the reality of what I heard God say. So by the time I got to the hospital, it was over. I looked around, and I felt like so emotional, but I felt like God didn't want me to be emotional. It was just the weirdest thing. And he said, we're going to need a pastor. Anybody a pastor here? He said, who's going to do his funeral? God said, I got a job for you to do. Even in your toughest season, I'm going to show off in your life. And I watched God save lives through my brother's death that he ever did when he was living. So whether it ends in death or life, we serve a God that's above it all. And because he has rooted me in my faith, I'm not moved by circumstances. I'm moved by the Holy Spirit that lives in me. God is good. Pastor Dan. And the worship team. You know, I only wish Jermel had as much energy as I do, you know. It's, uh, it's you know, it'll do, it'll do. So appreciate everybody. You can be seated. I so appreciate everybody coming today and being here. Jamel, thank you for sharing that message, man. I know there are those of you who need to hear it. Yeah, we can please express appreciation for, for Jamel, for Joe and Jen, for the whole Ability Tree crew that's here today. Um, this isn't just about Ability Tree. This is about all of us, right? God's got one family. Right? We're all part of the family. 
And it's a beautiful and incredible family. And God loves you. And God cares about you. And he sees you. One of my, uh, just got one, one thing I want to share. We're going to close our service in just a moment. But, uh, you know, I love the mission of Ability Tree. It's rest. Right? It's respite, education, support, training. Right? Rest. And I tell you, rest is for the caregivers, right? But it's not just for caregivers. Everybody in this room needs rest. And rest is about love. God loves you. God loves you. How many of you could take a rest right now? You'd be like, yeah, I'll go for a rest. It's, listen, it's the summertime. It's easy. We take off in the summer. No. Seems like life gets crazier in the summer. So, rest is good. Rest is good. We need a rest. And we're going to model that in ourselves, even just as our, our church. Just wanted one piece of housekeeping I want to let you guys know of. Uh, we're going to give some more time for Ability Tree today. We're going to receive an offering in just a moment. Uh, so I want to give you a minute to prepare. If you'd like to, all our offering today, if we're going to take a, a special offering. If you want money, we're going to raise money for, for camp. To send more kids to continue to help this happen. So on, on, your, uh, on your envelopes there, it should be in your programs. You can take it out and you can write AT, Ability Tree, AT Camp. And everything that you give today is going to go straight towards what's going on at camp to continue what's going on there. So as you're doing that, I just so appreciate what, what they're doing in the ministry and, and, and again, that restfulness. And uh, just a piece of housekeeping for Life Tree. We're going to give the gift of rest uh, to, to some, of our, uh, some of our own here. And uh, Pastor Dre and Pastor Kerry uh, are just going to be entering a sabbatical season, uh, which is a Sabbath. We need rest. And uh, they've been, they've been, you know, I know they're the newest pastors here. And you're like, how come they get sabbaticals? Well, you know, we love people. Uh, but they've been 15 years in Tennessee. They've been here for two and a half years. They had a week off in between. I think they could use it. So just for the next uh, 12 weeks, you won't see them. Um, I'm going to ask you as a church, let them go away. Yes, can we agree? We're not going to bother them. We're not going to call them and ask them things. All right, we're going to pray for them, that God refreshes and renews and restores, and so that when they come back, see, when you give the land rest, you know what happens after the rest? You come back more fruitful. When you come back from a week of camp, what happens? Somehow you are refreshed, and you, when you get rest, you come back stronger. And so we're going to pray over them that they come back stronger, all right, so you're not allowed to call them. They're going to change their numbers, right? They're... They're going to hide. If they see you in the supermarket, they're not going to talk to you. No, um, I don't know about that. That's what I would do. But that's not up to them. That's, that's, that's them. Um, but just for the next. So they're, they're here today. But next or next week, you won't see them for the next uh, next few weeks as they take some time off. So just want to let you guys all know about that, that that's happening. So please pray for them. But I uh, so appreciate Joe and Jen, what you guys are doing. When you presented the idea last year of doing Ability Tree Camp at, at Life Tree, I was like, man, that sounds crazy. Let's do it. Absolutely. I was so excited. I knew Jamel and AJ. I knew you guys were going to be here. I'm like, man, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Jamel, I appreciate your heart, man. Listen, Yankee fan, good man right off the bat, right? But he preaches from his heart. He preaches from his heart. And you brought a word today that I think we needed to hear. I hope you heard it. I hope you received it. And uh, they'll be available after service if you want to, you know, just talk, continue. To, and uh, we're here as well as your pastors. They're not off yet, so if you need to pray, you know we're here. Uh, Pastor Kevin, 
uh, Anna, Nikki, you know, whatever our staff is, whatever we can do to pray for you today, we're here. We're just going to close our service and we're going to guys take us out with a song. Sounds good. So ushers, would you come? Uh, if you're a guest with us, no obligation to give. But again, what you're given today, um, whatever's, if you'd like it to go to Ability Tree Camp, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. And uh, let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, I, we, we come with expectation. We give with expectation. We live with expectation. Everything, Lord. And then with anticipation, Lord, put us in position. Let us not just say we believe in a God who can do anything. Lord, you're the God where anything's possible. Chains can just fall off. How does it happen? Lord, you do it. Lord, doors can just open by themselves. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, you just can do anything. So, Lord, when you prompt us, may we be responsive to put ourselves in position for you to do it. For you to do it, Lord, you can do it. So we trust you today. We declare we need you, God. Lord, let this, let this life be just a testimony to your faithfulness, to your power, to your love. We give ourselves to you today. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you go. And AJ, would you close us with a song? You guys can stand as we close the song. Let's celebrate together. I was lost with the broken heart. You picked me up and now I'm satisfied. And from the ash I am born again. Forever safe in the safest hand. And you are more than my words can say. I follow you like Father. Fix my eyes following your way. Standing grace. Cause you are. Cause you are, 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 you you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are all we need, and wherever I go, I dream the world. She the maze of my let your love be the shining Break the chains out of hold of me. You sent your son not to set me free. And everything that is no good. I press him on till I see your face. And I won't live the king will be done. And I won't stop until you can be done. Cause you are. Cause you are. You are. You are. I breathe You are like in and nothing can take your place. You are all free, and 
Thank you guys for worshiping with us. God bless you guys. You guys are dismissed. <laughs>